Hey, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Renamic. Berto Willis, your host. Thank you so kind for being a part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. Folks, today it is all economics. We're going to talk some good economics in a friendly way, in a way that we can make the point that we need to make. Anyway, folks, uh, let's get more people into the house. Let's get more people into the house. Before we get started, as we go, I am queuing all the stuff up. I am queuing all our stuff into the system. So bear with me as we get it all ready. As usual, today I am what again? Estoy un poquito tarde. But that's okay. We're going to get it together. We're going to get it together. I like it that Mike Cisek is here. We're going to have an economic clinic, but a good way and an entertaining way. All right. We're going to do it in an entertaining way. So let's go ahead. And I don't intend to drive Eric nuts, Bridge MCP, but let me go ahead and put this last thing into the hole and then we're going to get started. All right. Let's get busy. I want un ratito. I want un ratito. Okay. Let's get busy. Lee Grant is in the house. Lee from Montgomery County. Bridge MCP is in the house from, uh, oh my God, Binghamton, New York, uh, upstate New York. We have Mike Cisak, our good old farmer from Kentucky, Mr. Trump's protege. We also have Yvette Avery Aaron, or beauty, beautiful UPS activist that made sure they got that contract. Hey, girl. In Atlanta, Georgia, we also have AVQ, who is in Brooklyn, New York. He says, my favorite number becomes my birthday. Never thought I'd see the day I am out today. See you next week. You mean you're not sticking around for the show? I didn't even get a chance to sing you happy birthday. 1975. Back in 1975, Sunny slang. I love that. You know what? If you're still here, Rudin, I'm going to put that on the screen for you. I'm going to put that on the screen for you so that everybody can see that our brother who was born in 1975. My God, you make me feel so old, Rudnin. You make me feel so old. What's wrong with you? Why are you doing that to me? It says back in 1975, 1975, seven is his slang. Average cost, first class stamp, 10 cents. Gallon of gas, 57 cents. Dozen of eggs, 77 cents. Movie ticket, 205. New house, $42,000. Madre mia, where are we? We're nowhere in that realm anymore. Hey, Bruce is in the house. Bruce from Kingwood, Texas is also in the house. Jules Ray Winfield, happy Friday, my brother. He says Jules is out there in Third Ward. How you doing, my brother? Hey, you see, the mind is not completely gone yet. It's not completely gone yet. Bruce, how you doing? He said, Tarde porque usted tiene mucho trabajo. Yes, we have a lot of work. Hey, Bruce, I am going to uh, to the memorial tomorrow at 2 o'clock. For, uh, it's, I'm going to do it right after Ask Egberto anything tomorrow. But it's a memorial for our good, uh, our good friend, one of these activists. He was a great activist. Um, Atwood. Uh, Lee Atwood. I'm not Lee Atwood. You know who Lee Atwood. But David Atwood. Uh, let me know if you want to go to the memorial. You know him. He's a great guy, a great activist, all that good stuff. Uh, if, if you want to go, I'll pick you up and we can head out there. But I'm, I'm going no matter what. All right. Let's see what else we got here. Jewel Ray says, you got it, brother. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Who else is in the house that I missed? Anybody else that I... Tom C. 
Hey, Tom, I hope you have a limerick for us today. Finally, a sunny day in Michigan. Wishes for lots of fair weather to PDR Posse. The PDR Posse wants the weather to be great everywhere. Unfortunately for California, it's not all that good. So I guess maybe that's the reason that uh, one of our, our California guy ain't here today. Uh, Maywood. Where's Maywood? Maywood. I don't see him in the house. All right, let's get busy. Um, let's see, Melanie Keelan from Barcelona, Spain. Hey, I'm still, I'm still on it, baby. I'm still on it. Uh, let's see, Bridge MCP says Zero Hedge is a far right libertarian financial blog. You know what? Never heard of them. Never heard of them. Never don't need to hear of them because remember, hedge funds are nothing more than people making money off of money, meaning off of your back. All right. Lee Grant is in the house as well. All right. Let's get started. Let's get started. Um, here's the deal. The economy is going through the roof. The economists were all wrong. Well, that is except for the real progressive economists like Stephanie Kelton and Richard Wolff. And we'll go into the reason why. They were correct in a minute. But here's what I want to tell you guys. Remember what we spoke about several times about Keynesian economics and about MMT, money, modern monetary theory. It is imperative that as we see what is occurring with the, the, the Biden economy, that we understand what occurred. Forget about what you hear on CNBC. They are wrong. These guys don't have much upstairs. Forget about CNBC's analysis of the economic system. They just know what they learned in a school that tells them, that taught them, that indoctrinated them. It never taught them analytical math. It just taught them an indoctrinative math state. Okay? Let's remember that. You want economic lessons. My economic lessons came from Richard Wolff. From uh, 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 to some extent, from Robert Reich, though Robert Reich is a true capitalist, I'm not. Uh, but definitely, Richard Wolf isn't, and Stephanie Kelton isn't. Stephanie is the one who pointed out the economic slack. But let's get busy and let's get started with the first piece that I want. This piece is a, a fairly long. I did a, a fairly good job at putting this one together. So what I want to do first is just give you. Oh, actually, this one is a short one. The jobs report. Let's talk about the jobs report first. Let's play the video about the jobs report, and then we'll take it in el otro lado. We'll take it on the other side. Check this out. The new jobs report is out, and it is bombastic. It is ridiculous. It's more than twice what the ex or around twice what the expected number was supposed to be. Nobody expected it. And again, the economists were all wrong. Let me let you first hear the little piece where it was broken this morning. And then we're going to talk a little bit about economics. Let's check it out. And then we'll take it on the other side. Breaking news on the economy. This economy, we've been saying it here for, for six months now. It's just a crazy strong economy. The Fed has tried to tamp it down, 
tried to like throw water on it. It's just on fire and it continues uh, like red hot. This is a staggering number that just crossed. Yeah, We're going to talk to Andrew crazy. Ross Sorkin in just a moment. We'll give you the numbers first. The U.S. economy added 355,000 jobs last month. Oh almost double the expectation. The expectation from experts was 180,000, up to 353. And by the way, the December number was revised up to 333,000. So the last couple of months have been incredibly strong. Uh, 15 million almost now jobs added since President Biden took office and we're well over pre-pandemic. So this isn't about the post-pandemic recovery. This is about a growing economy, well past the number of jobs we had before the pandemic even. Yeah. And and Chris, we're in February. The election's not until November. If we continue on this track, we've seen, I mean, the numbers all keep going up, inflation coming down. Most importantly, those University of Michigan uh, surveys on on confidence of of consumers shooting up uh, right now. these are the sort of things there's a separation in the polls between uh, Joe Biden's approval ratings and and what what people are thinking about the economy that goes away. All right, let, let's let's be clear here. This is not surprising. The economists at this point in time are out of their leagues. Well, I'm talking about the neoliberal type economists, okay? The real economists, the ones like St- uh, Stephanie Kelton or uh, let's say Richard Wolf, who we've interviewed here several times, these guys truly understand economics, right? Because here is the deal. Under the conservative plans, under the neoliberal plans, which means moderate democratic plans as well, the idea is that in the case of conservatives, you give all the monies up to the top and somehow it's going to trickle down. That's their concept. It has never worked. The laugher curve has always been a laugh. Okay, it was always just funny that anybody could of any sense of of any form or intelligence would believe the validity of the Laffer curve. But let's leave that alone. The neoliberals. Yes, they believe in giving a little bit of peanuts to the masses to prevent them from starving. But then again, they are they do culture the wealthy class. They do culture the capitalists. But the true progressive. That person who really sees the value in work, that person who really sees the values for those who actually attain something, complete something, build something, innovate something. The the ones who believe that innovation is the average person who innovates and not the one who pays them to innovate. Right. There's a difference because the one who pays them to innovate gets the spoils from said innovation. But by definition, that tells you that innovation does not require the payments of the spoils because so far in our economic system, we have learned how to give away the spoils to the top. You never hear the engineer saying, I created that particular type of material. And Joe Blow, who owns stock in this company, is making a permanent living off of the dividends from my creation as I got paid once. You see, when the Powell memo came out, it came out to make most Americans dumb. It came out to say, you need to understand that 
the reason why the rich guy who creates nothing has to make a profit is so that innovation can continue. And he is the one who pays the innovator for said innovation. So doesn't it make sense for us to get rid of the one who pays the innovator to innovate and make sure that the innovator collects for his own spoils? Again, that is where this new economic system that we are talking about is it's all about. What you saw, the reason why the Biden economy thus far has been successful is two economic policies, Keynesian economics and MMT, modern monetary theory. There's absolutely no doubt about it. Stephanie Kelton's explanation of modern monetary theory and the slacks in our economic system explains what we are seeing right now. Yes, Biden deficit spent like a drunken sailor, but he deficit spended the amount of money the economy had the slack for, such that absent corporate greed, the inflation rate at this point in time is non-existent. You say, oh, Egberto, but it's, uh, it's 3% or so. No, it's not the inflation rate that's at 3%. It's the corporate greed rate that's at 3%. We need to call it the CGR. The CGR is at 3%. Nothing else. We have a glut of oil all over. We, there, we are floating in oil. There's no reason for the price of oil to be where it's at right now. CGR. Remember that corporate greed index. Well, I call it the corporate greed rate, right? CGR, CGR. CGR, just not inflation rate, but corporate greed rate. So going forward, the next time another activist or somebody tells you about, well, how are we going to explain the inflation rate? You ask them a simple question. What inflation rate? There is no inflation. What we have is CGR. Okay, remember that we are going to be speaking going forward about CGR, period. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the. Again, folks, don't forget the new name. I want everybody to keep this on their tongue. We don't have an inflation rate right now. We have a corporate greed rate, CGR. We need to put this into the lexicon. It's not inflation rate. It's corporate greed rate. There, the, the, what, the, what, the, what the pandemic allowed Biden to do was to listen to progressives and innovators themselves. In other words, it allowed experimentation that could not have been done under the political system right now, which said, can we really spend ourselves, as Keynesian would talk about, and also spend more than we think we needed to, as MMT would dictate, not needed to, but to do the things that we want to do, that normal normal conservatives and neoliberals wouldn't want you to. We did it. But anyhow, before we go further, let me go now to the chat and start seeing what we what we have from our good old good people out there. All right. 
Michael says, worse than uh, Zero Hedge Fund, it's known conspiracy mail. We already know that Mike C. loves being lied to. Yes, they do. Uh, Jules uh, Ray says, the economy is going great, but everyone is not feeling the benefits due to inflation. Uh, don't forget, we don't use inflation anymore. Due to CGR, corporate grade rate, that's what we're talking about. And the other reasons they don't feel it is that we have been behind for so many years behind the curve. In other words, the top 1% or 0.1% since Reagan came into office, their salaries have increased over 350%. For the rest of the bottom 90%, 32%. That speaks it all. All right. Breach says, why did the market crash yesterday? It lost a lot of points yesterday because after... Uh, Powell spoke, the Federal Reserve spoke. He said um, that uh, the economy is doing fine, the, the, the job market is doing fine, but he gave the indication that he wasn't going to raise rates, but he wasn't going to drop rates either. And why is it that the stock market was hoping to take off on a drop rate? Because as rates fall, right, it means that you, uh, if, if, if rates fall, People keep their monies in stock because the return on just holding a money market will be that much contained. I won't say less, that much contained. What they were hoping for is that he was going to start lowering interest rates aggressively. That would have put the stock market in hyperdrive because of the way these plutocrats think. Remember, they produce nothing. They just look to see what money is going to do. We must remember again, keep this in the back of your heads and let's always remember, rem don't fall for it. These are, they, this is a class that produces nada. The ones that are trying to tell you, you need to live within your budget. The ones that are trying to tell you, we don't need these social programs. The ones that are trying to tell you that they want to tax cuts. The ones that are trying to tell you, uh, why do you want to take more from me? Because you use more. Because you are benefiting off of the backs of everybody else. Those are the ones that are confusing the Mike Seasacks of the world, the Eric Grants, the Eric Hayes of the world. All right? Don't, don't fall for it. Okay, let me continue reading. So that's why I crashed um, British MCP. Uh, Ray says, oh, wow. I wouldn't fi uh, figure, uh, finger Robert Roy as a true capitalist based on his teachings. Well, he believes in what, in somewhat like what Elizabeth Warren believes in, right? What, what they like to call responsible capitalism. What my contention is, is once capitalism becomes responsible, it is no longer capitalism. And that's, I, I, am, I, wa I want to disconnect capitalism from anything that is good because it doesn't inherently say uh, we have to do X, Y, Z for humanity. So I don't want, I don't want any, I just want capitalism to be what it is, a tool. Do I support capitalism? Of course, I support capitalism as a tool, not as an overall economic system. Okay. We can keep capitalism into the parts of the economy that, that requires, as, as an example that I gave this morning on KPFT, I said the following. Uh, we they, they attempt to bring capitalism into the jail system, right? Now, 
in order for you to bring capitalism into the jail system. In other words, capitalists are now going to build jails. And the agreement they have with the state is that you have to keep X amount of jail cells occupied. Or, you know, you just have to keep that. That's a contract. You need to keep about X amount of the jail cells occupied. That's a that distorts uh, criminal justice, because now when you drop below a certain level, what do you think the counties are going to do? The counties are going to say, oh, my God, we've fallen below the level of criminality of people to, uh, to lock up. Let's start locking people up for no reason. I know I'm exaggerating. But that is the distortion that capitalism bring to the commons whenever you use capitalism in places it do not, does not belong. I, now, if you're going to say, I want to build a pizza shop, I don't have the money to buy, build a pizza shop. Let me go ahead and write stocks up and give somebody a stock and they give me the capital to build my pizza shop. And the profits from my pizza shop, they get a piece of the action. Hey, live on. Go by all means. Do that. That's fine. You got, you converted your idea into capital, capitalism, and then that works. You know, people don't have to buy pizza. They don't, but, you know, people can go to jail. The other part that capitalism doesn't belong in is, is health care, health insurance. No. Uh, if, if, if we have a vested interest in, capitalism having hospitals, capitalism having all these things, then the only reason for these things to exist is to serve sick people. And the only growth potential that you have in these healthcare systems is for people to remain sick. That's why we don't solve problems. All the medications that we give are there to cover problems. We don't necessarily attempt to cure the problem definitively. We need to have a constant flow of material, a constant flow, a constant flow. That's how they make money. So therefore, healthcare does not belong in, uh, in, in capitalism because if I get sick, I don't want uh, an ups, you know, I don't want to have to start choosing at that point. Or if I don't get sick and most people start to do the things that not make them get sick, I have no idea what capitalism is going to do, which we know the things that they normally do to get you into the hospital. And guess what they do? They pump the rates right up the gazoo, like a $27,000 biopsy. These are concepts that we have to understand. All right, continue it. Uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, Mike C. says BLS reports in January 24. The U.S. had a 133 million full-time jobs, 27.9% part-time. In February 2023, the U.S. had 133 million uh, full-time jobs. Look, I don't care how you try to cut it. The mere fact that it's not only employment going up, but that wages are going up faster than the GPR, which means the, 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 greed, uh, the, greed, uh, the corporate greed rate, the CGR, I mean, the corporate greed rate. Given that the wages are going up faster than the corporate greed rate, we're still okay. All right. Uh, Jules says, Ray says, but then again, I figured out that uh, TYT, so I don't watch them as much. Always look for a real progressive voice. There you go. You're right here, Ray. This is a true progressive voice. Mike Cisak says, the latest divergence is huge between the establishment payrolls of the 353K 
and much more accurate household actual employment of minus 31K. You can try to spin the data however you want to. The data comparing Trump and Biden is absolute. Patrick Baron is in the house. How are you doing, Patrick? Uh, great to see you here. All right, what else have we got here? What else have we got here? Mike is still here. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to one of our great PDR Posse members. Happy birthday to Miguel. Well, I, I hope you're still here to get that, buddy. Hope you're still here to get that. All right, who else we got here? Ray says, laws became skewed toward lower wages in exchange for credit access by the working class. Basically, make enough money to buy yourself into debt you can't pay off. You nailed it. You nailed it. Uh, Mike C. says, ADP only shows a total of 107 increase in jobs. That is how, by the way, ADP can only count jobs that are on your system, right? Don't you ever forget that. And then they can extrapolate from that. But as usual, they're wrong. All right. Let's see what else we got. Um, Eric Hay says, oh, is the federal government punished Texas coming down on LNG because of the state defying the government order to give up the park? I don't know. Sometimes I wonder how you connect different items, my brother. So I won't go there. Uh, Bruce says, but it went up the next day. Yes, it did. People kind of cleaned up. All right, Egberto, I was wondering about the computer crash, not the stock market. Oh, <laughs> uh, believe it or not, I did not figure it out other than rebooting and it not happening when I played the entire interview today. So I think before I was doing a whole lot of graphic calculations, right? I was doing a whole lot of video editing that uses a lot of the graphic driver. My hunch is that your graphic drivers is one of the most bug prone pieces of your computer. And my idea is that that's where the problem was. I'm going to stay with that for now. And I didn't have the time to learn how to use the backup system. So if it were to go down again, the backup system will be a little bit crummy like it was yesterday. All right. Michael Rodney says, Egberto Economic Policy Institute, cumulative from 1978 to 2022, top CEO compensation shut up 1,209% compared with 15.3% in a typical worker's compensation. Look at that. Look at that. That is ridiculous. That is not only ridiculous, that is shameful. All right. And then he continues. In 2022, CEOs were paid 344 times as much as a typical worker in contrast to 1965 when they were paid 21 times as much as a typical worker. If, if that isn't legalized theft, I don't know what is. Lee Grant says Biden immigration has come to this illegal migrant flips middle finger after being charged with attacking NYPD in Times Square. That person should be deported. All right. Look, if you come to the United States uh, uh, under like that, I am fine with you finding a way to come here. I don't have a problem with that. But don't mess with the record that we as immigrants have. And that is we don't commit crimes. And one of you who does, get the hell out. I'm with you there, Lee Grant. Absolutely with you there, Brother Grant. All right. As corporate greed got more influence during the Reagan era and his popularity spawned the era of Clinton neoliberalism because Democrats got tired of losing the moderate vote in elections. Jules or Ray, you're right. And that's why we are doing our education campaign. 
right? Our education campaign will mitigate that. And we're doing a good job of it. If you take a look at the policies that people like, they're way north of 60% and they're all progressive. America is a progressive country where many are scared to say they're progressives. Think about that. America is a progressive country where many are scared to say they are progressive. Uh, uh, Eric says capitalism pays for progressive free stuff. First of all, uh, progressives don't get the free stuff. Red states get the free stuff and they are capitalists. You're right about that. Capitalism doesn't pay the bill. Others pay the bill for you. Uh, but again, it takes a little bit of deep thinking to understand the concept, my dear Eric Hayes. All right. Lee Grant says capitalism gets everyone a smartphone, a laptop, and internet access. I agree. I agree. And I'd have no problem, Lee Grant, putting most of the telecommunication system. I notice I said most of the telecommunication system in the hands of capitalists. I have no problem there. But I want a government-based communication system that is not dependent on somebody making a profit that's always there. Just like we have the interstate system, right? It's that way that we promote this sort of a stuff. Par uh, Patrick Baron says, breaking the U.S. started military operations on Iran-backed militants in Syria and Iraq because of troops killed in Jordan. Yep, I see the war. Our, our war continues. Our constant state of war continue. It's constant state of war continued. All right, let's continue here. Let's continue here. Uh, ask Egberto anything will be on on Saturday at 11 Central. Ask Egberto anything. Uh, sign up. Go to politicsdoneright.com. Let me put it in the, in the chat. Go to politicsdoneright.com slash ask Egberto. Uh, politicsdoneright.com slash ask Egberto. Bear with me as I search for it to give it to you. I'm going to put that in the link right now. Sign up for it and let's have a good time tomorrow at 11. And after I have to haul ass out of here. All right. It is politicsdoneright.com slash ask Egberto. I just put it in the chat. Okay. What else we, have we got here? Egberto, got a minute? I'll watch that Rudnin, when I get a minute. Thank you for putting that out there. Uh, let me get back to the scroll. TTY, TYT has disappointed me at times. Yeah, but I mean, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I've spoken to... Um, Sank uh, uh, Yukor before. Um, say, I don't even know how to say his name right. Sank Yukor or something like that. Uh, he's not a bad guy at all. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. But uh, he's eccentric. And, you know, when you're having a conversation with him, he doesn't like to be challenged too often. That's who he is. But he's a good guy. Uh, let's see what else we got. Bridge says, pandemic killed millions and saved millions. Uh, uh, schooling will and has caught up. You obviously do not live in a high population area. Over 30, 20K killed in my town. Michael Radin says, yep, I am surprised I'm still here. My friends are late. Well, good. We, we love having you here, El Senor. We just love having you here to stick around. That means you heard me give you a little serenade, brother Radin. All right, let's see what else we got. Uh, what else we got here? What else we got here? All right, we have the other video that's coming up now. Uh, and this one is an important one. So get your cup of coffee. And I want you to listen to this one in detail, my brothers and my sisters. Uh, what you got? I'll, I'll read that one. Okay, okay. I got that. I got that. Okay. 
let's uh let's see uh daniel Ledo says ilan omar lied when she took the citizenship oath Sh- should she be deported egberto no she should not uh you guys have been trying to get ilan omar ilan omar is a friend of mine no she should not be deported all right let's get busy and get that other video on the line so we are going to do that right this minute folks let's see let's see there we go right now Here's the deal, folks. Trump had a terrible economy. He gave this, uh, he inherited a great economy from, from uh, Obama. And after he got that economy from Obama, he gave all these tax cuts to mostly wealthy people. We all know the story. It's cliche now. It's cliche now. However, let's be frank. The economy started to go south before the pandemic. But he still likes to say that during his economy, it was the best economy ever. That's what he said. Now, here's the truth. And if you take a look at what Chris Hayes has to say here, the charts are all there for everybody to see in the periods in which he selected. So listen to this and then we'll take it on the other side. 2024 and the American economy is back, baby. You don't have to take my word for it. As we've been covering for months on this show, there has been and is a a gap, lingering gap between the way the economy is actually performing based on every metric we have, which is incredibly well, and the way voters say they feel about the economy, which has been quite pessimistic. And every day brings some new bit of data that demonstrates that the American economy is roaring. Today, it is this chart, which you might call the GDP Olympics. Of all of the most developed economies on earth, which one do you think is growing the fastest? Well, it's Joe Biden's United States by a lot. That big green bar at the top is our GDP here in the good old US of A. You see how much bigger it is than all the others? The US is literally the best economy in the world. Last year, our economy grew much faster than Japan, the second best economy more than double the rate of Canada and a distant third. Not only that, but we are projected to blow the competition out of the water again this year. And this is just one data point among many. Wages in real terms, real wages, the amount of actual purchasing power are rising. Inflation, by some measures, is falling below the Fed's target with an anticipation they may start cutting interest rates. Investment in manufacturing has now set record highs. New business formation, that's people making small businesses, has set record highs. Household wealth has set a record high. And today, amid all this good news, Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell got just about as enthusiastic as it is possible for a central banker like him when discussing the state of the U.S. economy. The labor market, 3.7 percent unemployment indicates that the labor market is strong. We've had just about two years now of, of unemployment under 4%. That hasn't happened in 50 years. So it's a good labor market. And we've seen inflation come down. We've talked about that. So we've got six months of good inflation data and an expectation that there's more to come. So this is, this is, a, this is a good situation. Let's be honest. This is, a, this is a good economy. The last three years, the Biden administration has essentially, get this, put us back on track economically in a better spot than if COVID hadn't happened. I want to say that again, okay? As the White House noted a few weeks ago, quote, the level of U.S. real GDP in 2023 
even exceeded some pre-pandemic forecasts, including that of the Congressional Budget Office and the IMF. That's right. The economy did better last year than the economic projection showed before the pandemic, before COVID, when nobody knew there would be this cataclysmic event and recession in 2020. Back in 2019, the Congressional Budget Office, for example, thought GDP would grow by an average of 1.7% in 2023. Again, looking out into the future, not knowing there's going to be a pandemic. It actually grew at 2.5%. And speaking of the pandemic, Trump and his supporters often argue it's unfair to compare Biden's economy to Trump's since, again, COVID tanked the world economy in 2020. But here's the thing. If you ignore 2020... Joe Biden was not president. Donald Trump was. But let's just throw it out, okay? If you ignore 2020, the economy under Biden is still doing better than Trump's was. Take away COVID. Give him a mulligan. As the Washington Monthly notes, quote, under Biden from January 2022 to December 2023, employment grew at an average annual rate of 2.4% compared to a 1.5% rate under Trump from January 2017 to February 2020. So again, if you bend over backwards to give Donald Trump the most favorable comparison possible, where you completely take him off the hook for the economy tanking under his watch when he was president due to COVID, and you ignore the first year of the Biden presidency when they had the huge boom as the world reopened, take that all off the board. Joe Biden's economy is still whooping Trump's butt. So the question becomes, if the economy is doing so well, Why don't voters think it is? And I think that's starting to change. There are basically two reasons. So one thing you got to realize is simple partisanship. Republicans will never give a Democrat credit for a good economy. And while there's the same thing, vice versa and reverse, it's asymmetric, which is to say Democrats are more willing to give Republicans credit. So here's just one example. And there's a lot of charts that look like this. Just days after the networks called the 2020 election for Joe Biden, there's a poll asking Democrats and Republicans how they felt about the economy going forward. And suddenly, in that red line, Republicans feel very pessimistic about the economy. Democrats start to feel better. This is before Joe Biden was even sworn into office. But if you stay with this graph for a second, one thing I want you to notice there, the drop by Republicans is way more than the gain in Democrats. You see that? Like, Republicans are way more partisan in their view of the economy than Democrats, even though both sides are pretty partisan. But for other folks who not, might not be very partisan or political, there's just a lag. There is a lag between when the economy starts to improve in the numbers and when people feel it, when they feel more secure. That lag is starting to go away. You can see it in consumer confidence numbers, which are improving. This is a problem for the Republicans because they want the economy to do poorly under Joe Biden. We have an economy that's so fragile. And the only reason it's running now is it's running off the fumes of what we did, what the Trump administration. It's just running off the fumes. And when there's a crash, I hope it's going to be during this next 12 months. Because I don't want to be Herbert Hoover. The one president, I just don't want to be Herbert Hoover. So Trump hasn't gotten his wish with the stock market, even though he's rooting for it to crash. The stock market is booming. The Dow is setting record highs. The economic recovery is so good that even Fox has to, like, begrudgingly acknowledge it. Now take a look at this headline in the Washington Post. We'll bring it to you again because it was a, a kind of a standout. It says... 
Falling inflation and rising growth gives the U.S. the world's best recovery. Steve Forbes with me this morning. I think the Democrats are going to run with that headline. I mean, they're just <laughs> going to plaster this all over the place. But are they right? Is America, does America now have the best recovery? Well, yes. I'll bet that the next time KJP or the president takes any kind of questions of any kind on the economy, that Washington Post article is going to be right there, front and center. We've got the best recovery. And that's a pretty good political slogan in an election year. Yes, also helped by the fact that it is just plainly the truth. <laughs> so it's getting to the point where Republicans can no longer ignore reality, right? Which is why instead of denigrating the economy, get this, Donald Trump is now trying to take credit for it on social media, like from one day to the next, which of course is the Trump playbook. Anything bad that happens isn't his fault. Well, he deserves credit for anything good under his watch. It's something his press secretary noted when the first full jobs report of the Trump presidency was released. In the past, the president has referred to particular job reports as phony or totally fiction. Does the president believe that this jobs report was accurate and a fair way to measure the economy? Yeah, I, I talked to the president prior to this, uh, and he said to quote him very clearly, they may have been phony in the past, but it's very real now. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> very funny. Reality doesn't matter. Nothing matters. It's good when I say it. it, it when I'm in, in power, it's made up when I'm not. Right. That's the whole thing. But this idea that Trump actually deserves credit for the Biden economy is just too ridiculous to reach most people. Honestly, like some hardcore partisans are going to be like, yes, it's a Trump stock market or whatever ludicrousness. But that's not going to work for most voters. That is why Republicans are simply trying to just change the subject. Change the subject. They love to talk about kitchen table issues and the price of eggs, all that stuff like six months ago now. No, they are reaching for their political safety blanket, which is called immigration. All right, folks, here's what's important. The charts are important, but also the truth and the narrative is important. Donald Trump goes out there and says all of the times that his economy was the best. The numbers say it didn't even come close. He didn't handle the COVID epidemic appropriately. The numbers prove that is a fact. He then says that if you eliminate the COVID portion of the economy, he is doing great. Well, as it turns out, the Biden economy, even though it isn't as broad based as it should be based on. Well, again, there are structural issues within our economic system that causes that problem, even though it isn't where it should be. It is vastly better than anything Trump could have ever dreamed of having. So for those of you who sit back and listen to the Trump rhetoric, try the truth. Try the charts. Try to take a look at reality and don't vote against your own interest. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. All right, folks, here is the thing. I want to address Melissa Bowie Specifically, if I understand her correctly, Melissa, welcome, 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 welcome. I think you said, yeah, hasn't hit us all yet. No, no, that's not Melissa. That's Bridge MCP. Melissa said, lie. I'm dying over here. Bills out of the wazoo. Gas at $4, meaning diesel experience uh, and still can't get hired. Let's talk about that because that is so important. And you're absolutely right. Notice in that the narrative that I just wrote, I talked about, I spoke about the structural problem within our economic system. First, let me tell you what occurred 
in the, with all the stimuli and et cetera that came under the Biden economy. A lot of that went to the way bottom, all right? And unfortunately, a lot of it went to the way top. When you talk about PPP, all the people that abused PPP, et cetera, those were the corporate people taking trillions. Notice I didn't say billions, trillions in the aggregate over the years out of that PPP program. And unlike those people who had to repay it, many of them, most of them will not have to repay PPP. A lot of the other money from the stimuli went into providing what I like to call basic income, right? Or, or UBI, universal basic income. They don't call it that. That's a bad word in capitalism, but that's what it was. Where every child that didn't meet a particular spec uh, got cash money because they got cash money. Because again, they are human beings in our system. I'm going to have somebody talking about universal basic economic, basic income next week. But anyway, so that is, uh, the monies went to the very high and to the, to the very low. Now, a lot of folks in the middle, a lot of folks in the middle are, have not yet seen the full fledged. The, the, the wage increase that you see, most of that wage increase is at the low end. And of course, the corporate thugs get what they get, right? I'm talking about the presidents and all those guys. They get what they get because, again, they extort that just like the bill that just got passed in Congress. They wanted to give uh, cre- they wanted to give uh, tax credits to the not credits, but subsidies to children to give subsidies to children. They were forced to give a big tax cut again. Section 179 uh, uh, in the, uh, Section 179 tax type inventory uh, tax cuts, etc. Crazy. So here is the deal. But we have to compare apples and apples. The same structural defect that is in our that was in Trump's economy, that was in Obama's economy, that was in Bush one and Bush two economy, that was in Clinton's economy, that was created by the Reagan economy, is still with us. I explain all of that in my book as I see it. Class warfare, the only resort to right wing doom. I'm gonna put my books up there on the screen. I explained the the, the actual defect in the economy. I talk about that in actually uh, two of the books. Uh, Class warfare, the only resort to right-wing doom. As I see it, class warfare, the only resort to right-wing doom. And how to make America utopia, take away the economy from those who rigged it. All right? So there are structural defects that we need to fix. But when we're comparing the Biden economy and the Trump economy, that's apples and apples. So we can look at each section in the economy and see how each particular set of people did in said economy. And that is what we're talking about here. Now, we have a lot of work to do. The first thing we got to do is start deconstructing capitalism and make it a tool and not an ideology. And that, the, the great thing about that is that can be done over time with legislation, right? In other words, we can create uh, uh, medic healthcare for all. That takes away the healthcare system from the capitalist structure, and we make sure to stick it to that to, to make sure that happens. We can also deconstruct certain parts of the energy sector because everybody got to go to work. If a mother has to drive to work, and you know, you were talking about the price of gas, uh, Melissa. 
if a mother has to grow to work and these thugs decide that they want to uh, uh, raise the price by creating false shortages, notice what I said, false shortages. Things like false shortages create not inflation rate, corporate greed rate, CGR. That's a new terminology I want everybody using. CGR, corporate greed rate. Okay? What we have to do is mitigate that. Example, the reason we, we, we leave Venezuela in the state that Venezuela is swimming in, a, in more oil than any other country on the planet. Not the best oil in most parts. They have a lot of sulfur, but they have sections with good oil as well. But if we really, really wanted to control the price of oil, there is no reason for the oil to be at the price that it's at. But you know what? I want it to stay there to some extent. I want subsidies for, you, for everybody that, that, it, that these people are going to be. I want to win profit tax. But at the same time, I want to ensure that we can get electrical cars and more other kinds of cars on the market. All right, let's let's see, let's see, let's continue with your with your uh, messages here. Bidenomics is not helping anyone except those in office and government. Well, if you think so, it actually helped you. You may want to go look at your four hundred one k. You're always talking about it. That's Bidenomics for you. You know, it's helping you more than it's helping me. All right, let's go ahead and see. Melissa says, "Yeah, I notice. I've always been ahead of the curve." It happens to be uh, to me what then I see the trickle in the economy. That's crazy. I caught something buggy in 2018 and they spoke on it in 20. You know, I'm going to tell you something, Melissa. That happened to me. I think I had COVID for the very first time when my mother came to visit and both of us, I think, had it. It had all, but nobody called it COVID then, right? Uh, and then we got it later. But we don't want the economy to be like that for, for you, though, Melissa. We don't want it to be like that, right? We don't want it to be like that. All right, Bridge says, bills should not allow riders pass another bill separately. None of this. I will vote on bill. If you do this, no, make another one. I agree. I agree and I agree. Mike Cisak says, the inflationary problem uh, that we have is us going off the gold standard. That's not true. You know, that gold standard, it makes absolutely no sense. And that's the reason why we took it off a gold standard and you notice the, 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 the sky didn't fall in. And let me tell you why. You can't eat gold. If you, are, if, if you are in desperate times and you say, well, you know what? The inflation is all the way. Paper money is not worth anything. All right. Why is gold worth anything? Can you eat it? No. And why should somebody take it when we don't know what kind of economic system we're going to have if it's in turmoil? Gold was only important when it could be used to coerce capitalism. Okay, that's the only time gold was of any real import. But to hell with gold now, it has no value. Yeah, I know people sell it for a lot of money, but the only thing that has value is the faith that somebody has in your economic system. That's the only thing that has value. You know, gold has no value. So when you go on TV and they're selling gold for the crazy times that we go to war or whatever, if we go to war and somebody needs some bread and the other person needs something other than bread, you know what's better? Having bread to trade, to trade for honey. Having yucca to trade for cassava. Well, cassava and yucca are the same thing. All right. So again. We are, all, we are all misinformed in our minds 
in the way we have learned things. And the plutocrats want us to learn it this way so that they can maintain control. Remember that. Remember that and remember that. Uh, Mike Cisak says, Bridge MCP, I'm forced to pay in Social Security. I have no choice. Yeah, you know why? Because if you get sick, who's going to take care of you? They will. Uh, and, and if you're paying into Social Security and you're not a teacher, oh, you'll get a little bit of bucks at the end of the day. So, no, I'm sorry. Uh, I, I love it. What we need to do is expand Social Security. Expand Social Security and get rid of Medicare and private insurance and create Medicare for all. I'd rather call it healthcare for all. And you know what? All the people that are listening right now, it's in your hands. Don't ever dare forget that. People would have you believe that you're impotent. You're not. We have started to see changes. And for the 2024 election, there's a lot that we have planned that's already in action. All right. So I, I, I want to make sure that all of you stay, lift your heads up high and understand. Uh, Mike, you couldn't afford to pay for you, Mike. I pay for me. I don't expect you or anyone else to pay for my needs. We already do. You, I already paid quite a bit to take care of you, Mr. CSAC. I have already invested a lot in you, Mr. CSAC, for the hundreds of thousands of dollars over the years that I have paid in, in, uh, in taxes. Guess who was the beneficiary? You as a farmer was a beneficiary of a lot of the money that I paid in taxes. A lot of the money that Bridge MCP paid in taxes. A lot of the money that Melissa Bowie paid in taxes. Tom C. paid in taxes. So no, you sit down and think you're in an island, my brother. You are not. We've already invested in you. The roads that you drive on, we paid for it. Don't think that you can sit back there and be some island. Nobody's an island. Remember that. Today, we had a discussion about Steve Job. There was somebody who wanted to, you did take, you absolutely took farming welfare programs. If you ever took any of your corn or, or, or feed or meat to market, you are a part of the system and was a beneficiary of a welfare either actively or inactively. Absolute fact. Oh, Brit says she won't be at Ask Egberto anything tomorrow. I hope we get uh, people to show up. Again, that is, oh, pulling out a dryer drum and doing pulley and belt. You know, Bridge, you, you, if I, if I were one of those men without pride or without, you know, self-esteem, not pride, self-esteem is the word I want. You would make me look pretty little. You go build a deck. Now you're going to repair a dryer. When I need to repair a dryer, I call AHS. I feel like a little man now. What? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You're doing good, girl. Keep up the good work. Maybe you should take some videos about you doing, uh, doing that, and I'll make a little documentary of you saying, hey, look at Bridge MCP cleaning up a machine. This is what our economic system has gone to. <laughs> Melissa Bui says, oh, 2247. Thanks. I'm a hustler. They can't see me. I run, run, run like gingerbread man. Hey, Melissa, the way, I, the way you talk when you call into KPFT, I know that's what you do, girl. I know that's what you do, girl. You know, don't think I don't. Don't think I don't. 
Anyway, folks, uh, we got to get out of here. We got to get out of here. So the first thing that I do is to remind you to please support the program. How do you support the program? I have made it very, very simple. Simply go to politicsdoneright.com slash support. And if you have the wherewithal, make sure that we can get the progressive message out. Politicsdoneright.com slash support. Politicsdoneright.com slash support. But here's the deal. If you sign up for a newsletter, politicsandright.com slash newsletter, politicsandright.com slash newsletter, it is free. It is free, but, but, okay, but if you become a paid uh, subscriber of our Egberto Off the Record newsletter, which is at politicsandright.com slash newsletter, guess what? You can read all of our books for free and you can see the book scrolling on the screen right now for those that, that are watching but it's it's worth it how to talk to your right-wing relative friends and neighbor you can read that free of charge lose weight and be fit now you can lose read that one for free now tribulations of an afro-latino caribbean man i'm still putting that one together in paperback but you can read it on that now as i see it class warfare the only resort to right-wing doom you can read that now how to make america utopia this uh, take away the economy from those who rigged it. Anyway, folks, tengo que salir de aquí. Got to get the hell out of here. But we are going to have a great weekend. Sign up for uh, Ask Egberto Anything for tomorrow. Uh, let me put that on the screen one more time if I can find it. It is Ask Egberto Anything. Pol there we go. Politicsandright.com slash Ask Egberto Anything. Click on that now. Sign up for it now, and then you'll get a uh, you know you'll get the link that says click on this Zoom so that we can do our once a month ask Egberto anything. Anyway, folks, uh, once again, please remember go ahead subscribe to the newsletter politicsandright.com/newsletter politicsandright.com/newsletter. I love you too, Melissa. We are what out? Oh, you want me to say it? I'm ready to say. It. Anyway, thank you so kindly for being here. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics and Right. And you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? How? We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.